Hello and welcome to a, another special episode of the Awesome Village. My name is Greg, and joining me is John, Glenn, and Ryan. So, when you think of you know film, there are several names that will pop up. You know, actors, directors, um, and we're going to highlight again one of those today. Uh, a, a very long career for a man who's been around to for say a the long least. Time. He's and, in his and 90s, isn't he? He's 91. He's 91, and almost the entire career has been with Warner Brothers Studios. Interesting. I wonder yeah. how many ball caps he has. I mean, they've got to give him at least two. Well, I mean, when you get that old. he can't watch his movies without... <laughs> Warner Brothers ball cap. Or Those ne- are the rules. Or a necktie. Who are we talking about? <laughs> We're talking about Mr. the mayor of Carmel. The former mayor of Carmel, Mr. Estwood. Mr. Clint Eastwood. So I was I was just telling um, the guys um, me uh, a few years ago, uh, kind of me and Sandra, one of our first th- kind of trips we took, we went to, um, to to San Francisco and Napa, and we took a drive to Carmel, which it's a lovely drive. Mm-hmm. And Go, the wife of Tony Soprano. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's Carmela. This oh. is just Carmel, but um, yeah, he used to be mayor of Carmel years ago, and he owns a a restaurant there named Hog's Breath Inn. So we went and ate at, at Hog's Breath Inn, which was lovely. If you're ever in Carmel, definitely go. It's got a little like pizza oven outside. It's all like cobbled stone and stuff like that. And I believe I got a hamburger called the Dirty Harry. But um, th- there was a table of some um, some older folks sitting behind us. And it sounded like they did not realize that Clint Eastwood owned this restaurant. And it sounded like they were just going through his IMDb profile. And me and Sandra got the biggest kick out of the 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 husband at the top of his lungs screaming any which way but loose and we stopped and looked in the back and yeah and then the wife bridges of madison county i like that one and literally they were just going down his filmography and me and sandra were laughing hysterically at the but it was they so yeah, what you're saying was, is the next time I see Sandra, I should just yell Bridges of Madison County. I guarantee you she will crack up laughing if you say that. It's a good movie. Yeah. <clears throat> it's 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 making it to the wedding. That's what's going to happen. Mm. But, um, but yeah, Hogs Breath Inn, it, it was a nice little place, and Carmel's a lovely, lovely little town. Cool. But. Well, Clint Eastwood's got like a lot, of, a lot of stuff he's done. I mean, he started off mostly just acting, but uh, several years. I mean, he's, he's probably been directing now for, what, 25, 30 years? Was, was the first thing he did Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil? No. No, he directed... Uh, let's see, I just pulled this thing up. Unforgiven was before that, but that wasn't his first film that he directed, was it? The first thing he directed was something called High Plains Drifter in 1973. Oh, that's that's actually a Western that he was in. Oh, he, dir- he directed The Outlaw Josie Wales. I didn't realize he directed no. those. Okay. Well, no, he's been directing a lot longer than I thought then. Yeah. Honky Tonk Man? Yeah. About The Wrestler? I don't know. I've never seen... A boy with a music talent goes on a journey with his uncle for a stage concert. It doesn't sound like the Honky Tonk Man from the Wrestling. No. Clint Eastwood plays Red Stovall, and Kyle Eastwood plays Whit. Who the hell's Kyle Eastwood's brother? Uh, he... I don't know. Let's see. Isn't, I don't, he was in Invictus. It does not say. Eh, who cares? He ain't the better Eastwood. Oh, it... It's it's his son. His oh, f- oh he's yeah. not even the his best son. son. Scott? Scott's better than him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is Kyle. We don't talk about him. About who? Kyle Eastwood. Oh. Scott Eastwood, though, like Clint Eastwood had to have Scott when his wife, whoever had Scott's mom, had to have him. 
When like Clint Eastwood was, was what like you know ninety one or like like so he, that's a young dude. Well, he's ninety one now, so uh, I'm kidding. Well, I mean, let's, I mean, let's, let's, right. let's, probably, let's, tease, let's tease this out. Scott Eastwood's got to be in his late twenties, right? Oh, well, let's. He's probably older than that. He's probably he's in his mid thirties. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> he looks young. Uh, I'm looking it up. Let's see how well, old I, he is. I, I'm gonna. My money's on twenty eight. Scott Eastwood. Eastwood. Price is right rules. He can't go. Over he was here. born $1. March twenty first, nineteen eighty six. Oh, yeah, he's 30, 34. 34. 34, that's what I just said. 34. Oh, Jesus. He so, always wins. That's why he's the leader. Because I can guess Scott Eastwood's <laughs> age. So, so Clint Eastwood was 57. I guess that's not too crazy. Yeah. Is he his, his youngest? I hope so. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a newborn somewhere. <laughs> Possibly. But, the seat um, is strong with Clint Eastwood. That's right. I can't believe he's still working. I could have swore I'd heard a while back he was retiring. Oh, you can't retire Clint Eastwood, baby. Evidently. He's he's got movies to make. Nobody puts Clint in the corner. So we're talking the about the chair him. he talks to? I never saw that. That's pretty funny. Where he did what was it again? He it, just, was, it was a Republican National Convention and he was he he was thought he was being clever, but it was uh He just looked insane. It looked very bad. So he was just talking to a chair? Or he was sitting. Well, in he was pretending the chair was Barack Obama, right? right. And he was like, oh, "Yeah, what do you say over there? What's that chair?" Okay, that, I didn't. I'm glad Grand I didn't see Torino. that. I don't. I don't think you dropped the Grand Torino in there when he's talking to chair Barack. I don't think that happened. Chair Barack. <laughs> so he's got this new movie coming out, or it came out. It's like Cry Macho and Let Loose the Dogs of War. Yeah, it came out. It's on HBO Max and it's at theaters. It's called Cry Macho. Which, the story of that movie is pretty interesting because apparently it was a screenplay like back in the 70s or 80s that was not picked up. And the guy that wrote the screenplay adapted it into a novel, which did pretty well. And then this movie is an adaptation of the novel. So if anyone's wondering what that loud, obnoxious noise is... Cookies. There's a, a gluttonous fool sitting next to me who just can't wait till after or pause the podcast. He's got to have these Oreos right now. Well, what kind of Oreos do we have? Yeah, Greg, why don't you tell us what you're tearing into that you can't wait for? They are apple cider donut Oreos. That's a lot of adjectives, isn't it? Is. All right. All right, so let's, before now, we before now we, we can di- all enjoy before we dive into Supposed the to be talking in about honor Clint Eastwood, of, of Clint Eastwood, I guarantee you Clint Eastwood and his legendary love of ginger I snaps. Eat, I gotta eat one normal and then I gotta take it apart. You gotta take the KGB. Yeah. So I bet you Clint Eastwood would really appreciate yeah, these. It's, yeah, it smells really. I good. feel like we've had these before. Like uh, the <laughs> smell is it familiar. It smells like Christmas time. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. It's alright. Did you just Randy Jackson the Oreos? It's just all right for me, dog. I get the apple cider. I don't get a whole lot of donut, though. Well, that might be the cookie part. It's not bad. I still think it's regular Oreos are better. Well, I mean, or regular Oreos are a completely different flavor of cookie. These specialty Oreos are getting out of control, man. They got around the flavor sooner or later. I, I saw some at the Target the other day, and they were Pokemon flavored. What the hell is a Pokemon taste like? like I don't know. It said something about you got to catch them all. <laughs> I like the point out the Greg just said they taste like Pikachu's ass. <laughs> like that, that's a marketable that's flavor that you know of. You got to catch it all. Oh. Um. Oh wait. Oh, John's about to bluff. He's 
taking the cookie apart. Yeah. <clears throat> I kind of like the cookie by itself without the cream. It's a good cookie. <laughs> Not a bad cookie. What so, is the deal with all these specialty Oreos? Do you always find they're they're more crisp for some reason? I do find Oreos? that. You think they're not on the shelf for quite as long? Yeah, because they're they're usually they're only out for a limited time. So, have you had the Java chip ones? Mm. They're really good. Mm. So let's so, talk about so Clint Eastwood. Yeah, I'm about to say let's talk about Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Clint Eastwood and cookies. <laughs> so, with a no. Yeah, now you can't talk. It just stuffed your mouth. It makes so, a lot of sense. So yeah, Cry Macho, brand new movie. Did any of y'all watch it? Are we going to yes. talk about yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Me and John both watch it. Watch it. Oh. Yeah, we watch it. It's not overly long. It's about an hour and 45 minutes. Which is unusual for an Eastwood movie. Right. It is about this this character. He's kind of like a a washed up, like, he used to be a rodeo performer, and then he was just a horse trainer. And um, His name's Mike. Yeah, Mike Milo is his name. And he gets fired from his job just because he's had some kind of issues in the past or whatever with drinking and stuff like that. He's old and crotchety. Old and crotchety. No, not a Clint Eastwood movie. And he gets fired. His boss is played by Dwight Yoakam. Who's really good in this. Dwight Yoakam just like kind of shows up in movies randomly and he's always really good in them. Wasn't he in Sling Blade? Yep. Yeah, he was in Sling Blade. He was in Panic. He was in Panic. Oh, that's right. He was really good in Panic. And, uh... Mm. Remember he was the doctor in Crank. He was the doctor in Crank, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um... Wedding crashers, apparently. Why are we doing? We should just do an episode of Dwight Yoakam. We should. Oh, put put a put a, a <laughs> put, yeah, put a pin in that. We'll right. come back. We'll come back to Dwight we'll Yoakam. Circle back around we'll to do that an guy. All Yoakam episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to wear my cowboy hat. If we do. That. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he plays Dwight Yoakam plays Howard, who's yeah, who's who's who was his boss, and he fires he fires Clint Eastwood's character at the beginning of the movie. Then a year passes, just within a couple of minutes of the movie, a year later. Um, Howard comes in and finds him and says he needs a favor because he's helped him out in the past and he's cashing on his favor. He's got a son in Mexico with his... I don't know if it's even his ex-wife or if it was just a woman that he was I, with. It, it kind of seemed like it was a one-night stand. Yeah, like a one-night stand. And they've got a son together and uh, he wants his son back. His son is 13 and he says he's getting abused down there and he wants... He said he's got some issues in Mexico so he can't go down there and he asks Clint Eastwood's character to go down there and get his son for him and bring him home. And the movie takes place in 1979. Yes. So why do they explain why an old man is best suited to go rescue somebody? Like he, he's Liam he just, All right. So, <laughs> no, so um, Dwight Yoakam's character Howard kind of explains that because Mike, who is Clint Eastwood's character, he, he was like one of the last few like remaining cowboys that he knew, and he knew his his son would kind of respect him because he's into that culture, and so that's why he asked him to go down to Mexico and. Find the son and bring him home. This don't sound too good to me. And well, he gets down to Mexico. He gets down to Mexico and he, he finds the kid and the kid's um, you know, kind of on the. He's only thirteen, but I mean, he's kind of on the kind of on the wrong side of the law. I mean, he's not not really like a he, yeah, he's, hardened he, criminal, but I mean, he perform he he takes place in uh, cockfights with does, with a rooster fight. named Macho. Yeah, nice. And uh, he does cockfighting, and he's he's mentioned that he's he's stolen a couple of cars and stuff like that, and. Um, yeah, the two of them get together, and he says, you know, your dad wants you. He's got a big ranch and everything, all the horses you want to, you know, you, you'd like to ride or, you know, train or whatever there, and uh, come with me. And they don't get along at first, and then as they kind of they kind of go on this this road trip together, they both, it's one of these things where it's like a coming-of-age kind of thing. They both kind of learn a little bit from each other. While the, um, the mothers kind of, because they set up, is she some sort of drug lord or... 
she's involved in something shady. And yeah, she, something she, shady. She sends some goons to try to track to him try down. To track him down. And uh, yeah, but it's a. Uh, it was just kind of a quiet film. I mean, it's nothing. There's no like real violence or anything in it. Um, it's just. Yeah, I mean, it it's pretty. It's uh, the way I will say. So this is my take on Cry Macho. Um, I think that if Clint Eastwood had just directed this and gotten someone else to star in it, I would have latched onto it a little bit more. I agree. Just because he's 91, and there are scenes where, like, when he first gets down to this compound trying to get the the kid from his mom, the mom like <laughs> kind of tries to seduce him, and then like there's a, a another kind of love story and. I mean, it's kind of sweet, but it's kind of also distracting because because he's, he's a little too old. Like it's it's a love story, and the the woman in the love story is probably like in her late fifties or maybe early sixties, so she's still a little bit older, but not as old. He's ninety one. He's ninety one. I mean, they don't say how old the and, character is, but and there is a scene where like he gets stopped by some kind of corrupt cops, and he punches one in the face and breaks a gun over his knee, and like I'm pretty sure that would have broken Clint Eastwood's leg yeah. in half. Yeah. But um, I mean, he's now no, he's not bad in it. No, and he does. It's funny because like at ninety one, he does. He's still got star power. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, he's yeah. He kind of commands the scenes he's in, but it's just the character. It just seems like he's a little too old for the character he's playing. The character would have been better if he was maybe about seventy. Yeah. So where'd you guys watch this? On HBO Max. Yeah, HBO Max. And it's. I mean, honestly, when it was over, it was like I was like, oh, that was it was enjoyable. I probably wouldn't watch it again, but I mean, it was it was it was fun. I was um, yeah. I mean. I kind of didn't have any feelings, really good or bad, about it. I was, I wasn't upset. I watched it. I'd give it like a six point five. I was gonna go just right over. I was gonna go like five and a quarter. Just, I'm not upset that I watched it, but I don't know if I'd really recommend it to a whole if lot you of really people. Like Clint Eastwood, and you want to just watch a kind of nice, like pretty kind of movie. It's fine, but I mean, you're not gonna miss anything. If you don't yeah, I just thought like for this for the time setting and kind of. The tone. I just thought something like No Country for Old Men kind of just did it yeah. better. And I thought the, the kid was good in it. Yeah, the kid was good in it. Yeah, and and, and Dwight Yoakam. Yeah, he was good in it. But um, and the rooster was good. The rooster, macho. Cool. He wasn't. He was no little Jerry Seinfeld. He was good. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that episode. Ah, <laughs> uh, so we've celebrated one movie, kind of. Um, let's. Celebrate the man's career. So we're going to do a pair of box sets, Pair right? of box sets. Um, we're going to do one with movies, maybe a, an eight movie box set. Because why, why is it eight, Ryan? Because eight is enough. And then um, movies that he starred in. And then we're going to do a little bit of a smaller box set. Five. Is that going to be enough, Ryan? Is five going to be enough in this case? I mean, eight is enough. So the answer is no. <laughs> But I mean, if I, I really want to do look, five, go right ahead. But it's not enough. I Everyone think in, knows honor, eight is in enough. honor of Ryan, we need to do a whole episode on Dick Van Patten. Because eight is enough. We need to do the, the eight is enough but box you're, you're set. But you're also, you're, you're, enough isn't an exact amount either. I mean, like, you know, if we had like a pizza here, I mean, I could say I ate five slices of pizza. I've had enough. But I also probably had enough when I got to three. It's a saying that, that goes enough. with the, the feature, damn it. Hmm. Whatever. Whatever. So what are we doing first? The movies? Well, well they're, they're all movies. All movies. <laughs> they're, yeah. Glenn is correct. I mean, the ones where he's acting. They, so we're going to do acting first? Yeah. I, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right, so we just go around. Everybody's going to do two, huh? And that would be eight. Well, clearly I'm going to go with Casper. I mean, oh, sorry. Casper? He acted in Casper, apparently. I'm just looking at his filmography. And it like the, 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 the... With the fucking ghost, yeah. With Christina Ricci? 
The one in 95, yeah. He must have just voiced something. I don't remember. Man. All right, who's going he first? Played, okay, hold on. Just to answer your question, Fred Rogers was in there in archival footage. <laughs> what the hell is that? Are you talking about the Casper movie? Yeah. He is, yeah. I'm trying to find what, what Clint Eastwood did in it. He played Clint Eastwood, and he was uncredited. It was probably like go. probably one of them had probably one of his oh, movies on the TV. Oh no! I think didn't the ghost morph into Clint Eastwood at one point? Oh yeah, that, and he must have voiced it. I voiced the ghost. <laughs> Wasn't it Devin Sawa when he became a human? Yeah, that's true. Don't remember that guy? Idle hands himself. Okay. All right. Who will start? Ryan. I think it should be you. Fine. In the line of fire. That's a good one. Oh yeah, with, with Malkovich. That was a. One of the best psychological thrillers. Um, I don't know, and it's directed by Wolfgang Peterson. Um, that movie's just top notch from top to bottom. The acting, the suspense, really good movie. 1993. And again, Clint with this was like one kind of when he hit the second half of his career where he was starting to play kind of the older leading man. Mm-hmm. Good, good call, Greg. Uh, I am going to go with Unforgiven. I think it has to be on this list. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So, is that all you got to say about so, the movie? That's just, so, someone, I think it's a great... It someone, has to go on the list. All these it has out. to go on the list because, again, Bill, Billy Crystal sang, Unforgiven, that's what you are. You killed everyone because you're the star. Don't you think he should have done a sequel and called it Unforgiven 2 and then just played the theme to like Metallica's Unforgiven 2? Probably. No, um, Unforgiven, like, so it's it's one of those movies where it's supposed to unofficially be like the continuation of the man with no name story. Right. Um, but almost like it's contemporary with what Clint Eastwood's age was at the time. It has a phenomenal cast and phenomenal performances and it's rightly lauded as being you know a phenomenal film was recognized by the academy my only problem with it is it, it's a little slow at times but if you can so are you if you can no well that's true but if you can stick with it until the end <laughs> the end is phenomenal yeah and it's gene hackman that's right um so the man with no name trilogy that they kind of made the Sergio Leone movies they're they're kind of what made him a star to begin with but um of the there it's a fistful of dollars uh, a few dollars more, and for four, a few dollars more, and the good, the bad, and the ugly. I got to go with the good, the bad, and the ugly on that one. It was just I remember watching that with my dad growing up, and Clint Eastwood played the good. Yeah, yeah. That's actually that's actually my dad's ringtone on my phone when he calls me. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, I mean, this guy was just I mean, this guy was a western star. I mean, was, I mean that that's the quintessential spaghetti western. I mean, like, my dad was always a John Wayne fan. I know that was a little bit older, but I've seen a bunch of those movies, too. Clint Eastwood was just so much better than John Wayne. I mean, I mean, there's a reason Marty McFly told everyone he was Clint Eastwood. That's right. He did not say he was John Wayne. That's, That's right. right. You know. All right, Glenn, your turn. Say uh, Paint Your Wagon. <laughs> no, I'm going gonna, um, I'm gonna to go back to one of his earlier films, 1971, and the original Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry Callahan. Um, there's not a... I mean... One of my favorite scenes in the movie Zodiac is when they go to see the screening of Dirty Harry, and there's kind of some similarities between the plot of that and the Zodiac Killer. Is, um, but it's it's a cool San Francisco movie. He plays a cop that uh, I guess if he were working today, he probably would get fired because he kind of he he bent, he, he bends some rules. But um, he's just a cool badass detective, San Francisco PD, uh, and I mean with that giant freaking gun I mean, it's just it's just such a cool film 
That's um, I'm gonna go with the original Dirty Harry. Um, for my second and final nominee, I am going to go with The Bridges of Madison County. Why? <laughs> like um, that movie. It's it's different. I had never seen Clint Eastwood in a role like this. Um, and we talk about like pretty movies. Like it's beautifully filmed with the the plains of Iowa and stuff. Um, and the bridges. Meryl Streep takes on a freaking Italian accent as this housewife living in Iowa. Um, it's just a it's a great story. Um, I thought it was really well done. I mean, I'm not like the biggest into these you know drama romances, but I kind of like the ones where you don't really know how it's going to end exactly or it's not, you know, the big rosy happy romantic comedy ending where everybody, you know, the, the couple gets together and kisses at the end where it's there's more real life elements that are a problem for them and uh in the couple in the movie. I, I thought it was just I thought it was really, really good. And it's a rare kind of romantic film about older people. Yeah, they don't make very many of those. You're right. Mm. My uh, second and final one will be Gran Torino. Sing the song. What a shock. Well, no, I mean, I, I, mean, like, I sing the song all the time. It was, <laughs> it was funny. But, like, it's, it's a really – I didn't – I went into it expecting I'm going to watch a Clint Eastwood movie and I'm going to say some racist stuff and it's going to be kind of interesting to watch a crotchety old man. But that's not, like – the, the the relationship he develops and how he kind of to a large degree overcomes his racism in the film uh, is, an, is a good lesson. Um, it's also – all the, the cast is incredibly good in it. The the, the young actors that are in it uh, are, are really good. But like, yeah, he, he – uh, it's him being a crotchety old man, which is not, a far, it's not far outside his comfort zone. But it's also just a really, really good movie. It, whenever it's on TV, I'll watch it. And there's a lot of people that kind of – Suspect that um, I mean, even though he's not playing them, that it's kind of like a an old man Logan kind of thing with about Dirty Harry. Really, I never, I didn't, I never heard that. That's kind of interesting. Um, for my second one, I'm actually going to go with Million Dollar Baby, which is Makushkula. It's pretty depressing at the end of that movie. You think? (laughs) But I mean, I went into the movie expecting. What we saw in probably the first half of the movie, which was, you know, he's just the old tough guy, just former boxer running this little boxing thing, and then he meets this, you know, this this young girl and starts training her. And then the way it goes from there where, you know, what happens happens in the movie and he has to he starts taking care of her and he just becomes it's like his the, the transcendence from just being the tough guy at the beginning of the movie to this caring father figure that'll, you know, do anything for his daughter, who's not even really his daughter. Was I thought he was brilliant in that movie. I mean, he didn't get any uh, any uh, Oscar love in that, and I really thought he should have. I agree with you. Yeah. That's that's I think we missed that. Oh, I was, about to, I was about to say I thought he got. Yeah, he, he did for directing, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, wasn't he up against Jamie Foxx cool. for Ray though? Maybe Morgan Freeman won. Uh, he did, and much deserved. Yeah. Anyway. Wasn't Jay Baruchel the kid? Jay Baruchel in... was the kind of yeah the kind of the kind of slow kid that was that the others were picking on. And was it who was the one that was picking on? Was it? I feel like. Wasn't Anthony Mackie, was it? Um, Probably. Why did you say just because you don't like Anthony Mackie? Well, I mean, it was Mike Coulter. Oh, it was Mike Coulter. Okay, should have been Anthony Mackie. No, it was Anthony Mackie. Yeah, Anthony Mackie. Okay, yeah, it was Mike Anthony. Coulter was in it. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Papa Dog. Yeah, I go acapella. <laughs> Right. Why close out right, so I'm going to close it. All right, so I'm going to close it out with something kind of fun. Um, after Million Dollar Baby, I mean, kind of need something that. Yeah. Well, anything is fun after that. <laughs> so I, I'm going to go with 
a film that I actually kind of enjoyed quite a bit called Space Cowboys. I was, I was going to say. Um, Clint Eastwood, Tommy Lee Jones, Donald Sutherland, and James Garner play these kind of retired astronauts that um, that, that, that they want to go up on one last mission. And it's just, I mean, the premise is kind of out there, but it's just so much fun. And it's enjoyable seeing these old guys. It's kind of, kind of weird. Whenever they do a movie like this, there's been a couple of films where they put together random old guys and... It, it it either works really well or it doesn't. This is just an enjoy. It's harmless. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, they're aren't they like trying to save a satellite that's about to crash into the atmosphere? It's, I mean, the plot really doesn't matter. It's a bunch of old old people <laughs> and Donald go, Sutherland and Donald Sutherland. And for some reason, I always remember there's some scene where when they're checking all their eyesight to clear them, and Donald Sutherland can't see anything. And he goes up there, and he he uh, you know he's like the third in line, and he reads all the letters in the little eye chart, and they're like, "Wow, you have twenty thirty vision." And one of the, I think it might have been James Gardner said, "I thought you said that you couldn't see anything." He's like, "Yeah, my eyes suck, but my memory's awesome," because he he was hearing everyone else say the same thing. But um, it, it's a fun little film. So there you go. That's his box set. So 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 we got in the line of fire, Unforgiven, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Dirty Harry, The Bridges of Madison County, Gran Torino, Million Dollar Baby, and Space Cowboys. I gotta say, that's a pretty impressive box set. Clearly we're not very old. Yeah, and, there, and there's, I mean, there's a lot of other movies on here. I too. mean, I almost put Escape from Alcatraz, but, um... We're not old people. We're, we are old. And now, we're going to give the directorial box set. So we're doing this one each, and then we're all gonna add a... Should we all, yeah, should we all pick one? Like a, a, a consensus one, then... one. All right. Well, if I'm gonna pick one that he directed that we didn't talk about in his acting, I gotta go with Mystic River. Oh, that's a really good one. Even though it's maybe just as depressing, if not more, than Million Dollar Baby, but that uh, that's a masterpiece. Like it's really good. Uh, freaking Sean Penn at his best. Everybody. Freaking Tim. Uh, Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins. Yeah, uh, Kevin Bacon, Lawrence Fishburne. Great, great movie. Uh, I'm going to go with one that probably people haven't seen, but they should, uh, which is called Changeling. Angelina Jolie? With Angelina Jolie. It was written by J. Michael Straczynski, who uh, was the creator of Babylon 5. And it's a story that he found when he was just doing some research as, when he was a journalist in L.A. Um, and it's, it's again, it's a movie that's on a, based on a true story. Um, it didn't get as much love as it should, and it's an incredible... Incredible, incredible story, but like the, the even the direction in it, you can you can tell like he, Clint Eastwood has does a really good job of like pulling out of actors what, uh, you know what he what he thinks that they sh- can deliver. I, I, I imagine his style is very much like you know what you can do, go out there and do it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Angelina Jolie's performance is great. Uh, a lot of really good performances in it. Um, I'm gonna go with one that he did back in 1997 that he's not in. That's uh, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Oh, that was a good one. That was with good. Uh, John Cusack is the star of that, and uh, Kevin Spacey. Good old Kevin Spacey. Yeah, Jude Law, who was very young in it. Yes, he was. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, it's just about this this murder that takes place in in Savannah. Are we still allowed to recommend Kevin Spacey movies? Um, I mean, I stand by the fact that I don't approve of anything that Kevin Spacey does, but I mean the art that he's made is the art that he made. I mean, it's. And I'll say the same thing I said about um. Bill Cosby, um, John Kevin Spacey plays a character named Jim Williams. Jim Williams didn't do any of this stuff. Yeah, so there you well, go. I'll say this: like anything that he's already made in his body of work, I can still enjoy. Yeah. If he made something new, I probably wouldn't go see it. Yeah, that's that's probably I, I feel that way. You I should mean, try watching American Beauty now. 
I watched it uh, again for the first time in a while. It kind of hits a little bit different. Does it? Yeah, oh, it's man. really creepy now. It's really creepy now. I yeah. mean, it was creepy before, but it's really creepy. But now. I mean, I said the same thing about you know Michael Jackson stuff. I mean, if any of that stuff that stuff was true that that he did or whatever, I mean, it doesn't make Thriller not suck anymore. I mean, you know, yeah. Thriller's. I mean, Thriller's the Free not. Willy song. Exactly. Those are the, those are the two. Those are the Thriller only two. And the Free Willy song. <laughs> no, <laughs> you gotta the hold them by the River Jordan. That's right. Mm. Glenn. Okay, so this is tough because I got three of them that I kind of wanted to talk about. Um, all right, well I'm gonna go. I'll go with the first one on my list. I'm gonna go with 2006's Letters from Iwo Jima. I'm glad you picked that one. Um, that year, it was kind of a. Um, I mean, it was kind of an ambitious year for him. He ended up directing two films. He kind of did them together. Huh? Yeah, yeah. About the um, the whole pieces. the whole battle yeah. of Iwo Jima one flags of our fathers right. I thought the Iwo Jima was better. Flags of it our was. fathers was more focused on the American side, and it was almost more of like about the propaganda about yeah. all the soldiers that raised the flag, yep. and Iwo Jima was about the Japanese side. And I'm just gonna say, Ken Watanabe, if you have any question of the man's talent, watch this film because he is fantastic in this movie. Um, I have no questions about his talent. Yeah, but um, it's just, it's a very different and very unique, especially for an, like an American film, American war film. But um, I would highly recommend Letters from Iwo Jima. Nothing against Flags of Our Fathers, that one's fine. It's just Letters from Iwo Jima I thought was far superior. I mean, now that we're seeing how many movies he's directed, I mean, do y'all want to just do another one each? I'm trying to tell you all eight was enough. We'll make, we'll make eight enough. You're, you're right. Um, how could I, I ever doubt you, Ryan? Well, well, it's a, write this, yep. Yeah. John just said you were right. I mean, I am right about eight is enough. It's it's just it's, it's correct. It is the same. You're there right. you go. So, now so, Ryan can add absolute power like you wanted. Yeah. I'm not adding absolute power. That movie sucked. I am going to add Sully though, which I I think is vastly underrated. Um, it got no love in the award season in 2016, but I thought it was a fantastic story. And Tom Hanks is fantastic as Sully Sullenberger. Yeah, uh, great movie about the the uh, you know the what they call the Miracle on the Hudson. The Miracle on the Hudson, and yeah. Um, I thought it was a really good movie, and I did not know. I think the Denzel Washington movie Flight was sort of it was it was, kinda, it was, it was totally based off of this. Yeah, it was based on what happened with that thing. So, uh, yeah, check that one out because I, I love it. I love the way that they filmed it, um, going back and forth with the, the flights, and it. and not an overly long movie either. No, which again is unusual because most of his movies are at least two hours and fifteen to twenty minutes long. Yeah, I'll, I'll see anything with a good Aaron Eckhart performance. Then. There you go. Uh, I'm going to go with one that was very different, and which is why I'm going to put it on this list, because it's not something you normally think of with Clint Eastwood, but Jersey Boys. Oh, a musical. It's a musical. I don't think of Clint Eastwood when I think of that, but, you know... He did sing the Grand Torino. He, he did. He's a, he's a musician, damn it. I mean, he is. He actually, when when we went to his um, his restaurant, apparently he's got a lot of jazz albums that he released. But well, anyway. he, made a, he made a movie, um, I'm trying to think of what it was called now the one that he uh, directed about Charlie Parker called Bird and with Forrest Whitaker that was one of the earlier ones that he directed in 1988 oh and I remember that and I, when I first heard of Clint Eastwood directed that I remember seeing Bird. it at, like at, at oh, Blockbuster nice. when we worked there and it was yeah because Clint Eastwood is a huge jazz fan yeah so it was about Charlie Parker yeah it was not about the parrot in Deep Blue Sea no <laughs> <laughs> so so Jersey Boys I never did see this it, oh you should watch it okay. Sandra would really like it okay I mean, great music. Yeah. Obviously. It's about the Frankie Valley story, right? Yeah. And all the seasons. Okay. All four of them. And a young Joe Pesci. Oh. Yep. John's um, turn. I'm going to go with uh, American Sniper. 
Um, you know, people say what they will about Chris Kyle, the different stories I've heard about it, but um, about him. But I mean, this movie just. It may be a, definitely a, a believer in Bradley Cooper's acting. I mean, just because... Yeah, I can't, like... I mean, before that, I'd seen Bradley Cooper in a few things, but, I mean, it was, you know, Wedding Crashers and Hangover, and, you know, he's he's funny, and he's got a lot of charisma, but, I mean, this was, like, a powerful performance. Yeah, the did. performances are great. The directing's good. I, I, you know, the only thing that taints the movie for me is the fictitious, more fictitious nature of things. But, no, like, the, the film itself, is it's a good film. Yeah. It was originally supposed to be a Steven Spielberg film. And he, I, I, he had some scheduling conflict where he had to drop out, and Clint Eastwood picked it up. Cool. All right. All right, so... Um, close this out, Glenn. I'll close this out. I'm ready to go home. <laughs> so I'm going to go with one that I, I, I watched this one on a whim, and I ended up enjoying it a lot more than I thought, and it's called Invictus. Um, Is that the freaking soccer? Not soccer. Rugby. 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 Yeah, Ryan. Morgan, Morgan, yeah. Morgan Freeman plays Nelson Mandela. And um, it's a true story about how he goes, you know, he's newly, um, it's his first term as president, and he goes and he meets with uh, the rugby team and um, of South Africa and basically tells them, we need something to unite this country together. I want you guys to try to win the World Cup. And Matt Damon plays the, um, the head of this uh, rugby team, and it's just a fantastic movie about sportsmanship and camaraderie and kind of messed up to put that kind of pressure on a team man. and it's does he pull it off he does it's it's a, i thought it was a great film it's a very um i don't know feel goods kind of whole story came out in 2009 um i would definitely recommend it's like well, Paul Rudd. i used to think damon was kind of a Streisand, but he's rocking the shit in that one <laughs> <laughs> uh. so, so there we go we got two box sets the directing so, box set is Mystic River, Changeling, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, Letters from Iwo Jima, Sully, Jersey Boys, American Sniper, and Invictus. And I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't talk about two historic film moments that don't really involve him personally. But the first one, of course, is Back to the Future 3, where That's right. Marty goes back and tells everyone he's Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. That's and right. A lot of people missed... Um, when he goes back at the end of the movie, it's no longer it's, it's, uh, Shonash Sh- Ravine. Well, because well, it was Shonash, and then it was supposed to be Clara Clayton. It was supposed Clayton, to be Clayton Ravine. Ravine. Then it was Shonash, and then when they go back, it's, it's East, Eastwood, Eastwood Ravine. Yeah, because it was going to be a fantastic explosion. And he also the, the, the scene from the few dollars more when he puts the the piece of the uh, bulletproof the, vest. The, the, the Great freaking flick! There you go. The guy is brilliant. It's one of Biff's favorite movies, <laughs> and of course. One of Greg's favorite moments in movie history is Crocodile Dundee 2. Crocodile Dundee 2. <laughs> this is one of the best movies in film history. Yeah. Cause, well, I mean, I guess you can't really, you know, they're Asian tourists in New York for the first time. Of course you wouldn't mistake Paul Hogan for Clint Eastwood. I mean, he, he Paul Hogan was pretty badass in that scene. Very tall. <laughs> Paul Hogan's badass all the time. That'll be the next, uh, the next box set. We'll do, we do a box set of all four of Paul Hogan's movies. <laughs> <laughs> Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles is awful. Have you ever heard Matthew Barry on a... Yes. And he tells a story about how he wrote, co-wrote Crocodile Oh, you mentioned this before. And basically, he even said it was a piece of crap, but Paul Hogan came in and changed stuff, and he thought made it even worse, and then said didn't want to give him any writing credit. So he's like, so basically, we had to fight in court for the rights to get paid over this piece of shit movie that we wrote. And so, that's quite a funny so if you had to pick, if they were both on at the same time, would you go with Lightning Jack or Almost an Angel? Ooh, Lightning Jack. <laughs> okay. For the Cuba Gooding Jr. Okay. 
<laughs> Gotta give the love to keep it good. Eh? <laughs> That's right. So. All right. Well, remember, there are many places to find us. Anchor Podcast, Google Podcasts, those of other platforms. You can go to our website, theawesomevillage.com, and listen to us there. And anytime you do, you are helping us here at the podcast. So please do so. It's been another fun week. Thank you, Clint Eastwood, for existence. Mm-hmm. This has been Greg. John. Glenn. Ryan. We'll see you next week. We have some daiquiri. That's got to be the worst sound check I've ever heard from someone.